Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Last year, we launched our course, The Data-Driven Classroom, and had hundreds of educators and clinicians take this course with consistently amazing feedback. I heard from so many teachers how this course really changed the way they approach data, how they were able to set up simple data systems, train their paras, and be collecting data to make data-based decisions within days of finishing the course. That feedback made me so happy. Now that course has been closed and unavailable since last year, but guess what? We are reopening the course, the data-based classroom, and I want you to be one of the first ones in. If data is something you have been struggling with for years, let's work on this together. Let me give you all of the tools to make this something that can consistently happen in your classroom. And guess what? Since you are a podcast listener, and I absolutely love my podcast listeners, I have an awesome code for you. When you use the code DATA100, you're going to get $100 off of the course bundle. Now, this code is only going to be usable until March 20th. So you only have one week to use this code, but Data 100 will get you $100 off of that course bundle. So that means for less than $200, you are getting the amazing data toolkit with literally hundreds of data sheets, all editable. And don't worry, I teach you how to edit it. And that entire data-driven course that touches on academic data, behavior data, staff training, and so much more. There's a link in the show notes with all of the information. Let's make this year the year that data really works. Hi, I'm Sasha Long, special ed teacher and board certified behavior analyst. Welcome to the Autism Helper Podcast. I'm here to explore different strategies to improve the lives of individuals with autism. Welcome back to the Autism Helper Podcast. Today, we will be chatting about the do's and don'ts of token economies. Now, I love a good token economy. I love token economies because I think it is easy to manage multiple students with very different behaviors and very different reinforcers. A token economy allows you to individualize what behaviors you're working on increasing and teaching, and it's also going to allow you to individualize the reinforcer menu. Because as we know, reinforcement is individual to each person. So a token economy with that backup menu of reinforcers that students can pick from is really key to give that differentiation. Also, a token economy mimics the real world, right? We are working on token economies. We earn our dollars and our pennies to sometimes buy tacos, sometimes to buy clothes, sometimes pay our bills, right? We use our money for all kinds of different things depending on what we want. And a token economy can empower our learners to do the same thing. Now, as much as I love token economies, I really do not love when token economies are done wrong. When a token economy is done wrong, it can 
I think really break rapport with that student. I think it can put unnecessary pressure on a student. And I think it can really have negative effects on that student, which is, I know, not what any of us want. Now you're like, oh my gosh, am I doing it wrong? I've got to listen to the whole episode. Don't worry. We're going to keep it simple. We're going to go through the five do's and the five don'ts of a token economy to get you on the right track. So let's go through the do's first. What are my five do's for a token economy? First, do give those tokens immediately after positive behaviors. So especially in the start of the year or when you're building up a new behavior, so you don't see enough of that great behavior yet, I want the connection between that positive behavior and the token to be really clear. So they know when that behavior happens, that's exactly that's exactly the behavior you want to see more of. So we're going to give it immediately after we see that positive behaviors. That brings us to number two of our do's. Our second do is do stay state why you gave the token and do it with enthusiasm. So when a behavior happens, when Johnny walks in to the classroom, he puts his backpack and his coat away, he sits down at his desk and he starts his bell ringer without any reminders or help. And you're like, oh my God, that was awesome, Johnny. Go over, give a token and be like, Johnny, I am so proud of you. Thank you so much for getting started on your bell ringer right away and putting your backpack and coat away all by yourself. That's awesome. So you're giving it right away and then you're also giving that immediate feedback on what that behavior was. So first do, give the token immediately. Second, explain why you're giving it. Third is we're gonna start out giving tokens more frequently and gradually give less. So this is something where we really want to start to build that buy-in and give tokens more in the start of the year and then fade out because we don't want our learners relying on this system forever and ever, right? We want to start to establish other reinforcers like work completion or praise or good grades or getting breaks or time alone, but we want to build that in. So we're going to start to get that buy-in. We're going to start to sh- start to show the structure of the room. And in general, we want the start of the year to have more reinforcement built in and then kind of fade that out as we go. So start giving more tokens, but know that this is going to be a flexible system. Know that how your token economy looks in August and September is not how it should look in January or February. You want to start fading. That means giving less tokens. That give means making items on the reinforcer menu more expensive, so it's to wait longer. And we do this because we want to get buy-in. We want, especially at the start of the year or when you're teaching a token economy, you want students to be able to contact those backup reinforcers very quickly. Because when a token economy is new, and let's say you're giving a star or a tally or a class dojo point, that doesn't mean anything yet, that tally that you put on their um, post-it or their token economy book and their binder, that tally doesn't mean anything yet. It's the fact that those tallies can be exchanged for things that child likes is what makes that tally powerful and exciting later. But you got to get there, right? You got to get that buy-in. So when I see token economy set up at the start of the year and teachers like, oh my gosh, yeah, we're going to all earn our like tallies or our, our stickers, our stars throughout the week. And then on Friday, we can go to the class store. And this is a group of early childhood students. Like, man, you're saying Friday, you may as well say 2025. Like that feels so unattainable. That feels so far away. I've got to wait five whole days to gather gather these stickers for what? I don't know what these stickers mean. These don't mean anything to me. So when you're teaching the token economy, if you're having students go to that 
class door, treasure chest, reinforcer menu, whatever you're calling it, choice board, if they're getting to go to it multiple times a day, those first few days, weeks, when you're teaching the token economy, that's great. Because now they're like, oh, cool, I got five of these tallies, and then I get to get something I like. Cool, I want to do that again. I want more of those tallies. Oh, I got those tallies again, and then I got to do something I liked again. Awesome, I want to do get more of those tallies. So we're going to get, you know, build it up with a lot more reinforcement, giving more tokens right away, and then fade that out over time. Do number four, and this ties into teaching the token economy. You want to clearly define the behaviors that you want to see. Use action words. Be specific. Not everyone that doesn't run in the hallway will get a token or a star. That requires a level of inferencing that not all kids might have yet. They're like, cool, you didn't say don't hot dog roll in the hallway. I'm on a hot dog roll in the hall. And technically, I followed her directions. Instead, use action words. I want to see everyone walking quietly. I want to see you raising your hands. I want you to see you putting your homework in the homework bin. So get really specific on what behaviors you want to see more of. Maybe, bonus points, selecting behaviors that are incompatible with negative behaviors. You cannot raise your hand quietly and blurt out at the same time. So incompatible means things that can't happen at the same time. Pick behaviors that you want to see more of that are incompatible with negative behaviors. You can't do your work quietly in your desk and wander the room, right? So think about two things that can't happen simultaneously because as you increase those positive behaviors, you will naturally then decrease those negative behaviors because they can't happen at the same time. So when you're teaching the token economy on a regular basis – every day or before every center or at the start of every class period, review what behaviors will result in earning tokens or points. And my last do is do keep it changing. And I already touched on this one, but we want to keep this a flexible system. Learn what's working and what's not. And really importantly, be constantly adding things to that reinforcer menu. What things can students use their stickers, their tokens, their stars for? Keep adding new things. Keep adding more expensive things, things that we're going to kind of start to teach that concept of saving. Hey, I want I want the iPad brand or I want lunch with my teacher. Ooh, that costs 20 points. I'm going to have to really work towards that one, right? That's such a great skill to teach that like impulse control and emotional control and sustained attention on on a task, right? So start to kind of add in things on that reinforcer menu that's going to work towards the saving concept, but it'll also give that novelty of there being new things and we're not going to get bored or stale. And do continuous assessments of if the items on that backup choice menu, the things that students are exchanging their points or tokens for, are actually reinforcers. Because maybe those were things that were reinforcers for Johnny in September, but they are no longer reinforcers now in December. So keep a good pulse on things that are actually reinforcers versus preferred items and keep that system and that setup changing throughout the year. All right, now let's talk about the don'ts got five don'ts for you. So first, don't. Don't use the tokens as a threat. Ugh, I hate this because as I said, I love a good token economy. And this is when I see like the token economy is getting taken advantage of. When we're like, oh, I'm not going to give you your point or your sticker if you don't do that. Or I'm going to take away your sticker or your point if you do this. And sometimes we don't even intend on doing it. It's like this threat. And threats do not build rapport. Threats do not establish trust. 
Threats are not going to be something that is going to be helpful at developing a relationship with this student because oftentimes what happens with threats is they become empty threats. And our students know that we're not going to follow through on them. When I am in a very frustrated parenting moment, I use way too many empty threats. Like if I'm like at peak frustration, I'm like, that's it. Christmas is canceled, guys. No Santa. No Santa. That's it. My, I'm, I'm talking about like my own parenting. I'm not doing this to students. But like as a parent and my kids know, they're like, mom's not canceling Santa. But like, and we just say it for no reason. It's like if you've, if you took my behavior change course, it's the difference between responding and reacting. An empty threat is a reaction. We say it out of anger. We say it filled with emotion from our gut. It's not a thought out response. So don't use those tokens as a threat. Number two, don't make it too hard to get to the reinforcer menu. We already touched on this one, right? We're going to teach this system. And when we're teaching this system, we want our kids to be successful right away. Meaning when I have a new token economy set up, I want those students to, to be able to cash in their points, their tokens, their stickers the first day they use it. If you only teach in periods, the first period you use it. Because you've got to contact the something awesome behind this all or else those stickers or tokens will never make sense. Don't make it too complicated, especially right off the bat. We want to keep it really simple. This is then something you can be consistent with throughout the year. When it is too confusing, it will be unclear on which behaviors you're trying to build up. It'll be hard for your staff to follow through. And it's going to be hard for you to maintain that system as well. So especially when getting started, keep it really simple. Focus on a few, maybe one, two, maybe three key behaviors and be really consistent with utilizing it throughout the year. Number four, don't be the only one using the token economy. Make this a team endeavor. Involve your paraprofessionals. Train them on them. Make sure paraprofessionals are giving stickers, tokens, etc. Involve your clinicians or your specials teachers. I mean, how awesome would that be if students can go to gym and earn tokens or earn stickers? And for clinicians too, involve them. So make sure that whole team is on board. And number five, we also already touched on this one. Don't keep it the same the whole year. So not only are we going to be flexible with that reinforcer menu and building it out throughout the year, we're going to be giving less tokens throughout the year because we're going to work on fading. So you're going to start to think about, especially in the second half of the year, if you've been really consistent and all in on your token economy, the second half of the year, I want you to think about how you can start fading it out how you can start pulling this strategy back. This is a strategy that we are adding to the environment. And we want our kids to have those positive pro-social communicative behaviors readily. We want those to generalize beyond this strategy and this system. So second half of the year is focused on fading. So that's why we're saying don't keep it the same all year because we want to go all in, we got to get buy-in, we want to build up those behaviors, and then we're going to start to fade out. All right, so we've got our five do's and our five don'ts for token economies. If you have any questions about your token economy, I want you to go over to Instagram, if you don't follow us already, at The Autism Helper, and I want you to DM me and be like, Sasha, I'm setting up this way. Is that right? Is that wrong? Why isn't this working? 
Bring me your token economy questions and let's keep this conversation about token economies going over on social media because there's a lot to bring into this. And as I maybe scared you in the start of this episode, if it goes wrong, it can go really wrong, right? And if we're taking the time to set this up and we're working on building up those positive behaviors, we want to be doing so in a way that is streamlined, that's easy to utilize, and that's most importantly going to be effective for that learner. Thanks for listening to the Autism Helper podcast. If you liked what you heard and want to hear more, hit subscribe. It would mean a lot to me if you left some feedback. Whether I'm working one-on-one with a student, doing a podcast like this one, or presenting for a PD, my goal is always to provide as much value as I can. So your feedback really helps me make sure I'm doing just that. If you have other topics you'd like me to cover, leave in the feedback or message me on social media. You can follow me at The Autism Helper on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Pinterest, or visit my website, theautismhelper.com. Thanks again for listening. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Having the right resources for your classroom is essential to making sure your classroom is running smoothly. At the Autism Helper Shop, we have all of the resources you need to make sure you have the behavior, communication, and curriculum supports for your students. Within our shop, we have adapted books, task cards, resources aligned to the VB map and the ABLES, behavior plan flowcharts, data sheets, curriculum. Everything you need, whether you are an early childhood teacher or a high school teacher, we have all of the resources that will meet those students' needs. So head over to shop.theautismhelper.com to check out all of our resources.